Hello and welcome to Never Seen It. Uh, today, we're going to be continuing our 2021 Oscar series uh, with Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm one of your hosts, Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. Hey, Betsy. Hey, Trent. Uh, so we're number seven. Yeah. Almost on the home stretch. The penultimate yep. episode. I learned that word in school. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we like we we like using big words here, just just for the sake of big words. That's mm-hmm. probably a, a that's probably a word in and of itself. People who like to use big words for no reason. My vernacular is spectacular. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Inside married people's jokes. Anyway, uh, so yeah, today uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is on deck. Uh, again, a movie neither of us have seen. Probably a movie I know the least about. I, I probably said that about another one, but mm-hmm. uh, I know very little about this movie. I think this entire season of movies yeah. has been lacking in knowledge for us yeah. just because we have been in pandemic mode. We haven't been going out, so we have made no plans to go see movies. Yeah. They're not in the theater, so they're not advertising the crap out of them. And on occasion, Betsy and I will actually, at like at the dinner table, instead of putting something on to watch on the TV, we'll actually just go to the trailers app yeah. on the Apple TV and just watch movie trailers. Yeah, so I know I've seen this trailer, yeah. but not recently. Um, I know it is... Um, it's something to do with the Black Panther Party. Yes. And I think it's a an undercover cop, perhaps. So So Lakeith Stanfeld yeah. is supposed to be an undercover cop. He's an informant. An informant, something yeah. like that. Th- that's my understanding is he is he is an informing the FBI of the Black Panther Party uh of Chicago. Specifically uh, Chicago? Y- yes, of Chicago. Okay. Uh, he is informing the FBI of the Black Panther Party in Chicago uh, of their activities, and uh, especially of their leader, mm-hmm. who is played by... Daniel Kaluuya. Thank you. So yeah, that, that is pretty much the extent of my knowledge. This is the second reference to the Black Panthers mm-hmm. in this series of movies. Yeah. So I guess that's just the topic we're, we're talking about, the you know, 60s. 60s quote-unquote radicals yeah. uh, being informed upon by, or b- being uh, investigated by uh, Herbert Hoover's uh, FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, in, you know, infil- a cop's infiltrating makes me think of, uh, was it last year, two years ago, Black Klansmen? Um, oh, yes. Kind of a similar thing. Yes. A very different tone. Very, very much the opposite group. Very different uh, of, group. <laughs> of what we're talking about here. But that was another great movie. Yeah, but I, it did make me think of that, you know, a, yeah. un- somebody undercover. Infiltrating, infiltrating. a, 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 a quote-unquote radical group. Yes, but. one is slightly more <laughs> defined yes. as that. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, and I know that uh, both of the actors we named are nominated for acting. Yeah. So if I expect anything out of this film, I think it's going to be the acting. Yeah, these two guys just going at it, having a chance to really show their show their stuff. Well, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, he won the Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's probably going to win the Academy Award just because the wind seems to be blowing in the direction of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Um, but, and that's always know, a weird thing when yeah. it's a posthumous uh, nomination. It doesn't and happen a lot. No. It doesn't happen a lot. But the last time it happened, it was Heath Ledger and he won. Right. Um, but, but if it's, if it's was warranted. Also, and that was also for a supporting role. Yes. And This I, is a lead role. I And and I, I'm, I'm not seeing the other one with, Chad, with Chadwick Boseman. Um, I'm sure he's fine in that. I, I don't know if we're going to be watching that movie anytime soon. But... I just feel like the posthumous thing with Heath Ledger, dude deserved it. But yeah. by, by 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 any stretch of the imagination, he absolutely <clears throat> excuse me. He absolutely deserved that award. Uh, I don't remember who else was who else he was up against at in that year, but a supporting Oscar is I think more understanding to give it to someone who has died. A lead actor, maybe not so much. I I don't know. I don't think it's ever happened. I think it's no. only ever gone to supporting actors. The yeah. only other time it happened was with Network. Yeah. Um, oh, his name's escaping me. Peter. Peter something. Um, but sure. he won. He won support, best supporting actor for Network. Um, but that aside, I think Daniel Kaluuya has been nominated now twice. 
mm-hmm. the last time for Get Out. Yeah. And I think he's he's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. And I definitely will be interested in watching this movie and seeing him in this and seeing him continue to give these really good performances yeah. warranting at least recognition from the Academy. Yeah. Um, and Lakeith Stanfield, too. Like, he keeps showing up in kind of everything the last yeah. five years. Yeah. What was that movie we watched? It was... Um... The, the it was the customer service movie. I sorry was, to bother you. Yeah, sorry to bother you. Yep. It, another greatly fucked up movie. Yep. But in in the best ways. But yeah, he was in that. He was in Knives Out. He kind of just keeps showing up places. Yeah. Keeps and getting now, work. I like and it. And now he's nominated for best supporting actor. So good cool. for him. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I I like him and all the other things that uh, he he's been in. He's a, he seems like a really cool guy, a very talented dude. So. But plot, I don't know anything about this no, movie. I, I don't know anyone else who's in it. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this because yeah. it's a, it's a, it, I mean, you could call it, it's a movie about snitching. I, maybe. Maybe. You know, I, I, who knows? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got somebody who is informing on the group that they're a part of. I believe that the, the person who's informing on the FBI is a part of the Black Panther Party and maybe they got him under his thumb. Maybe. Under, under their thumb or something, and they're trying to uh, flip them to their side so that they can get uh, a much higher up person in the organization. That's how FBI people think. Thank you for another segment of Trent Speculates Wildly. <laughs> hey, hey, that's why we're doing this intro. But you know what? The last time I speculated wildly, I was right. Okay, well, which one were you right about? Avatar. That's because I fed you that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because it's easy. I think this one will be a little bit tougher because I don't know. I don't know the director. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know anything else about this I don't know the point of the movie other than what we just said. Yeah. I I haven't seen a trailer for this. All I've seen are very short Mm write-ups on, like, Rotten Tomatoes and other movie sites. Um, Yeah. Um, I would assume people are liking it. Sure. Sure. Why wouldn't be nominated otherwise? Oh, wait. Yep. (laughs) Was this the first one to show up on HBO Max as a new release? Yeah. I think this was the first one with that new deal. Yeah. Of course, we were stupid enough not to watch it back then. And now we got to pay 20 bucks to rent it. But that's okay. We're doing it for the folks. We're doing it for the folks who are it's listening for to us. Art. Yes. That's okay. Hey, you know, if we were to actually go out to a theater, who knows how much money we would spend. Fair enough. All right. Well, that being said, we're going to go watch this film, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. We'll be right back. We just watched Judas and the Black Messiah. Again, I like to talk about titles of movies. This movie is... Title is very apt uh, to what we just witnessed. Uh, Betsy, uh, first reactions. Yeah, I think it's weird how the title is very obvious. But again, I didn't really think much about the context. Mm -hmm. Sorry, 12 years of Catholic school. (laughs) Um, Hey. But... It's an interesting bookend. I'm kind of regretting that we didn't watch this last because this is obviously very related to the first movie we watched with the trial of the Chicago Mm Seven. And it took me a minute to go, wait a second. Yeah. But, oh, hold on. Hang on. We've we've come full circle. This is the same guy who was in the trial scenes at the beginning of the trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. And. Again, we talked about it before this started. I didn't know anything about this movie. And now having seen that movie actually gave me a little context for what I was watching. Yep. That being said, it meant I spent the rest of the movie knowing what was going to happen to him at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I really liked this one. I think the to go back to The Trial of the Chicago 7, it gave me context. I... 
I don't know if I would have preferred to see this one first so that I have the context for that movie right. or if I actually liked having the context this way yeah, around. I, I think the, the, the first movie we saw, I think, gave a little bit of a context of what was happening and maybe what kind of a, a, an organization he was a part of. Mm-hmm. He was barely in that movie. Oh, yeah. He's, so, he's only there because of Bobby Seal. Yeah. So he's on trial and he is and Fred is there to support him yeah. and he has members of the Black Panther Party of Chicago yep. with him. Yep. And they talk about it, they touch on it, but they really he's not the main character. He's barely a supporting character yep. in that movie. Um In fact, it's called the trial of the Chicago Seven, but there are eight people on trial. He's the eighth one. He's the eighth one yep. and his his thing gets uh, gets thrown out on a mistrial because yes. of how he is treated by the judge in that case and the, and they refer to what he was what had happened to him yep they barely they they kind of gloss over it they have an image of the a court, court drawing a, a court reporter's drawing of how he was bound uh, and gagged bound up and gagged up in the courtroom yeah yeah they they don't talk about it much just like the other way they don't talk much about Fred in that first movie yeah. they kind of touch on it a few times but the other thing they talk about um and maybe i'm jumping around all the time is in the trial of chicago seven they said that he's accused of murdering some guy in connecticut in connecticut and they go into the context in this movie about what that is and how they're pinning it on him I thought that was great. Again, so I don't know if I actually am so glad we watched that one first. Yeah. So I understood this one more. Or if I would have understood that movie more if I had seen this one first. <laughs> and see, now that you're, you're talking more about this, this just makes me want to go and watch Trial of Chicago 7 again. Yeah. Just for those scenes. Mm-hmm. For his scenes. So I can see these these same people uh, in these different situations and when yeah. it was happening. Because, yeah, this movie starts in 1968. Yeah. And then it goes into he's arrested and it's in 69 Mm -hmm. uh, when he gets out of prison. So obviously Trial of Chicago 7 is during the election. And oh, sorry, it's before the election because it's for the Democratic nomination. So it's in basically earlier 68. So we're talking summertime, the exact same time in the exact same city, Mm -hmm. but from two incredibly different perspectives where one, you've got a bunch of white yuppies effectively (laughs) or children of white yuppies um, protesting the war. Mm -hmm. You've got this entire different group, This, this entire other group, uh, fighting, fighting for equality, fighting for yeah. revolution, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, yeah. So to talk about Again. the movies for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I left Trial of the Chicago Seven being like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was really good because it I got was more invested. In, it got more in depth yeah. into what was actually happening. the The trial was exactly what we talked about in the first episode. It was the trial. Yeah. That's about it. Yep. it. It gave you context of why they were on trial. You had a few scenes. Right. And it's just them. It, it's very little about what, what what was happening outside of their their protests. Outside of that room, basically. Outside of the room and outside of the the riots, quote unquote, yeah. uh, that caused all this to happen. So I definitely want to go and watch his scenes uh, again just to give the extra context uh, to what I just watched. Yeah, I I don't know if this is just that phenomenon in Hollywood where people pick the same subject matter. It happens a lot. Like it does, yeah. Snow White. There were two Snow White movies out at the same time 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's always like, you know, Armageddon and Deep Impact. They and came Volcano. out at the same time. Volcano and yeah. Dante's Peak. It's this phenomenon that happens. Yeah. And people kind of, they mean two Steve Jobs movies at the same time. Yep. So this is kind of that same effect um, but it's different subject matters. But they're still but related. They, they are so s- circular. They are very much of the moment right now. Because yeah. think about the themes of this movie. Mm-hmm. You're talking about revolution. You're talking about uh, black people and rising police. up and, and, uh, against police. Of course, that's been going on for decades and centuries. For 50 years. This movie is 50 years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and we're still talking about the same kinds of things. So yeah. the themes that they're talking about in these two movies here, we are seeing still today. Yep. Uh, just in different contexts. Mm-hmm. So what Fred did in this movie was what a lot of organizers these days are doing now. They're not just cherry-picking... Uh, we're just going to get black people on our side or we're just going to get these types of people on our side. He created the original Rainbow Coalition. Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard of that. I didn't know what it was. Did you? I just heard the phrase. Right. So the Rainbow Coalition is is how it, it is depicted here. It is black gangs, quote unquote, black political groups, um, Puerto Rican groups, and white rednecks. Poor white people. Poor white people coming together to say, you know what? Fuck these cops. They're coming in to, to, to um, raid our homes and, like, hassle us and just basically keep us down. Mm-hmm. Let's all band together and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Get out of our neighborhoods. We can police ourselves. We can, we can educate ourselves. Get these motherfuckers out of here. Yep. And he knows that these are... He, he just kind of strolls into these places yeah. knowing that he's probably going to have a fight. And he keeps telling his followers... Leave your weapons in the car. We're not going in there to start trouble. Yeah. But we got to talk to these people. Yeah. And let them know what we're about. The only way to do it is to go there. And it's quite literally the Messiah thing. He's getting people to listen to his message yeah. and follow him. Yeah. And it's working. Right. Which is why, of course, the FBI is like, "Oh no, no, thank you." Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's. They talk- even they even say the term. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover, yes. played <laughs> by Martin Sheen, uh, very well in that Hoover was a fucking smarmy character. He knew everything about everybody. Every time yeah. they give him a piece of information in this yeah. movie, he's like, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Because, of course, he knew. He yeah. had files. So the scene I would bring up, if, you're doing, if you want to talk about J. Edgar. Yeah. So... Two things. First of all, they don't actually address who he is at the beginning of the movie. Oh, no, but you know. But you know exactly who he is. And I was like, oh, he's J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) All right. Because that guy was in charge of the CIA for 40 plus years. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the FBI for 40, 50 years. He was appointed FBI director for life. By himself. (laughs) Not not by himself. Okay, but he created the agency. Yeah, he basically was was the head of the agency at at its... uh, um, I don't know a lot about it. You, you, you've seen the movie it's, J. Edgar. So. It's the birth of the FBI. Yeah. He was the guy. Mm-hmm. And he was that sort of dude. He had files on everybody. Yeah. When he died, his secretaries had very strict orders to basically the second they found out, open the files and start shredding things. Yeah. Like there's no telling what he had mm-hmm. because he had stuff on everybody. Yeah. But Which in this also movie, meant that he had leverage over everybody. Exactly. In this movie, they sort of toy with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when they invite the FBI agent that he's, um, that Bill is working with mm-hmm. into his office, he says, oh, you have a son, you have a daughter. You think he remembers that? No. no. He has a file no. on this guy. They know what the, he knows what the kids' names are and yes. how old they are. Yeah, and I think he also, the agent, knows that he knows this because of that. He's not a yeah. nice guy yeah. who remembers your family and your kids. He literally has it written down, and he looks at his little creepy book. What can I get out of this guy? How can I squeeze yes. him? And he shows that he has information on you by simply saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we could talk for a long time about what a smarmy piece of work J. Edgar Hoover was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, and I have to assume that Martin Sheen probably didn't film very much. He probably spent more time in the makeup chair than he did actually filming totally, this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in like three scenes and two of them are in the same setting. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Did you... We. T- I feel like we talked about this before... Did you find it all distracting that Martin Sheen was in this movie, um, given that he's also in The Departed? Because one of the movies I kept thinking about oh, yeah. a lot in this oh, yeah. was oh, yeah. The Departed. I, I That did not... So I did think about The Departed. I did not think about Martin Sheen in The Departed. And the fact that they're both in the same movie. I, mm-hmm. I, and, and they're both in either movie. So, no, I, I didn't did not get that. But I did get a lot of Departed themes in this about him going to his handler and like... Hey, I could just dump, dump uh, 
some photos in front of you and see, oh, I'm, I'm going to show you what happened to this other guy. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if, uh, oh, let's just, let's take your file up, up at, up at, uh, Let's take your take your file out of headquarters and just shred it. What if what, it disappeared? What is it? What if it disappeared? What if we happened to tell people that you were an informant? You know what would happen then? You know again, I said it in the beginning. FBI's got something hanging over his head. He's got to do this, mm-hmm. otherwise he's going away. And if he go if he goes away as a snitch, he's dead. Yeah, he will not survive in prison. No. No. Uh, I did think about the the departed for the obvious reason that he is an informant and he spends a lot of time talking to his handler, his, his, handler. his FBI agent. Yeah. And there's the one scene where he's at the payphone yep. and he's like, I'm out, I'm yep. out. Yep. And you always have that scene like, I'm not doing this for you anymore. Uh-huh. And I have to go back to the departed because I was like, is this like the same shot because hmm. he has that scene too Leonardo DiCaprio does, yeah. says I'm out because I'm out, I'm done. it's the pressure the paranoia the pressure uh-huh. um, if if there was any movie I thought of it would be that but again mm-hmm. I haven't seen a whole lot of movies about like informants and things mm-hmm. um, but that was the one I thought of many many times yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you I, I was I was thinking about that movie at, at the same time um for a lot of different reasons not just not just the the FBI informant thing but i was just thinking how is this going to end i know it's not going to end end well mm-hmm. uh for anybody involved but you know they they tell the story about bill and how he got his start and i i go back to what he said when he's being interviewed by the FBI agent uh at the beginning by the way why is an FBI agent involved in a dude jacking cars. I feel like it's not so much that he he was involved. I think he was looking for somebody that fit a description. Sure. And, you know, FBI agents are all over the United States. Sure. I could be an FBI agent here. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It, they, are, they are without... A, a central location, even though there is one, they are sure. everywhere because there's so much work that the FBI does throughout the country. Point taken. Um, so that being said, you, talk, uh, you said uh, they were looking for a type, and I, I would I, I wrote down in my notes that he is exactly the type that they are looking for. He is a disaffected kid who doesn't care two shits about politics on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really care about Martin Luther King being him. assassinated. Didn't care about uh, Malcolm X being assassinated. Uh, or didn't. were you were you sad? Uh, like just didn't, didn't really think about it. He didn't think about it. Yeah. So that's a, exactly the type of of person that they would want to to infiltrate this thing. And young. somebody, yeah, and and young and impressionable. Well, guess what? And in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. That's. <laughs> I, I I did like this movie as well. I think I liked it better than Chicago 7. I, I definitely yeah. did. Like, I, I felt pretty... I didn't dislike it. I just yeah. think that... It's a different kind of a movie. It's a different kind of a movie. That that has sprinklings of of politics uh, and the, the, the movements. I think you can tell it's... It's that thing going around the internet. Tell me you're this without telling me you're this. Yeah. Um, you can tell what kind of a person wrote The Trial of Chicago 7, and you can tell the type of person that uh-huh. wrote Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh-huh. That, that is what I took away from this film. Like, yeah. the, the experiences behind those who were putting forth this work were very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I had the same thought that, you know, hmm... I listened to another podcast that talked about um, Chicago 7, and they are not very keen on Aaron Sorkin's depiction of everything. Aaron Sorkin has a tendency to see the world through rose-colored glasses. He wants Uh to see the best of the world. And while sometimes he can produce incredible work... um, he shouldn't have touched that. It, 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 maybe maybe not in the way that he wanted to. Yeah. He could have had other collaborators with yeah. that, but Aaron Sorkin works alone. He does. Essentially. 
He does. And if you don't like that, then he'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, go, going back to some of the scenes um, in the movie, I, I mentioned the the interview that he was having with the FBI agent. And he was talking to him, he was like, where did you get the idea to go in and flash a badge and try to steal somebody's car by doing that? And he said a line that was, you know what? A badge is scarier than a gun. Yep. And that resonated with me uh, in in that, you know, that's probably very true in that community. That's you know, true you in got, most communities. You got, you got some some schmuck coming in with a gun, some dipshit who's trying to, trying to steal your car. You're just going to let him take it, mm-hmm. you know. But, and, and that's just a car. You know, you can get another car. Yep. But a cop comes, knocks down your door, they can ruin your whole thing family's life let alone your life yeah and look to the extent to which these cops were were like trolling the streets and being just very willing and able to say whatever they have to yeah to arrest like he got arrested for stealing ice cream 70 dollars worth of ice cream i'm or sorry like what? and he got like two to five years i'm sorry how the f- who okay how in 1968 69 would one even acquire 70 dollars in 1969 money yeah, much 70 dollars worth of ice cream yeah that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And yeah. he's going to go to prison for it for five years. Yeah. And, and like, uh, obviously they didn't really, they referred to it, but they didn't really explain a lot of it. Apparently his case was going through the court system and it made it all the way to the Illinois Supreme Court. Yep. Uh, no, I don't know whether or not his conviction was up for debate or whether or not it was his sentence. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, the Supreme Court upheld whatever the ruling was, and he was going to go back to prison. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. How did it go through through that entire process? And I, I and I might be completely ignorant. I probably am about the the legal system of of that time. I know today it's still not much more better. That's not a word, <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I mean. So, again, I, I don't want to speak out of ignorance here. I really don't. Uh, but suffice it to say, we're a couple of, you know, white people These in are, their mid-30s, yeah. born in the mid-80s. Um, I, we, we do not have the capacity to understand the injustices that no. have befallen African-American people. Correct. For so, 50 plus years, 250, three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that being said, we're not, we're, we're really not trying to get into the, the, the oppression of people or anything like that. We're talking about the movie here. Yeah. So uh, I think the, the, the themes of, of what we're talking about in this movie are everything is very dark. There yeah. are very, very few scenes in the light. Where you can see everything, you can Literally hear everybody. Dark. Correct. Uh, where where you can see everybody, hear everything very clearly, and know know what's going on. Everything else is very much in the dark. I almost asked you to adjust the settings. I thought because you had done it for one of the previous movies yeah. that it was set too dark, and then I realized, oh no, this is just intentional, and it's also part of the place they live. Like this is this is not a great neighborhood they live in. None of it is. And there's not good infrastructure. The light is bad. Yeah. It is bad light yeah. because these are bad apartments. Like yeah. every room they were in was dilapidated. Old churches, peeling wallpaper, yeah. old hospitals. Their headquarters was a dump. It was a dump. And they, but it's but, what they could have. Yeah, exactly. That was theirs. Mm-hmm. That was their headquarters. And that, they rebuilt it and when it was re- destroyed. And that whole sequence there, number one, it started off with cops outside on a fucking bullhorn talking like, 
hey, you guys don't want us here. Well, your your uh, your people shouldn't have done this. Thank it's your, your friends. fault. Thank it's, your friends in the Black Panther yeah, Party. It's your fault. All the all these people uh, talking to civilians on the street who are not necessarily a part what of the party. Talking to he was like harassing people on the street. Right. First, sure. sure. And just on the bullhorn, just talking all this shit about the Black Panther Party, saying don't trust them. They don't. They don't know what's good for you and and whatnot. Uh, they're out there causing the shit. And I, t- I think you talk to anybody in in activism these days, it's pretty much universal that a uh, hell of a lot of things that are instigated are done by cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not we're not going to take any kind of position here, but th- that that being said, holy shit, were the cops terrible in this? Oh yeah. Them af- after the fucking shootout. In the middle of the day. In the middle in of the day. daylight. Unprovoked. I, I mean, I, first of all, I don't understand the reasoning why they pulled the guns out in the first place. I think they just decided they were sick of it. They yeah. said, you know what? You're going to sit here. Because those cops have been sitting in front of the building. They're in front of the headquarters yeah. on the bullhorn yeah. making noise yep. just to make noise. Yeah, and provoking them. And provoking them. Yeah. And they were provoked. Yeah. And it's not that they even started shooting right away, but they let them know. Yeah. Look. Hey, we're packing, guys. You want to do... Today's the day, guys. Here we go. (laughs) And I think what was... The first shots were by the cops because they saw Bill up on top. Yep. They thought he was a sniper and they shot and that's when all hell broke loose. Oh, yeah. Because what happens with anything... When there's a ton of people with guns, one of the things you love, one of the special specials that you have enjoyed is the John Adams miniseries on yeah. HBO. Yes. And they talk about uh, the Boston Massacre. Yep. They talk about the Boston Massacre in the you know pre, pre-revolutionary wars, mm-hmm. before the war has actually started, but mm-hmm. Boston is occupied. The... British soldiers are all lined up, they've got guns, and the crowd is provoking them. And the crowd is yelling, fire, 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 and somebody makes a mistake, Mm -hmm. and they fire on the whole crowd because one of the soldiers is, you know, they're all carrying guns, and one of them made a mistake, and they all just follow suit. And it wasn't even a mistake. What happened was somebody threw a rock or there a piece of ice yeah. at one of the he soldiers like and dropped his weapon. He probably dropped to the to the ground, dropped his weapon, and it and it discharged. Yes, didn't shoot at anybody. No, it just went off. But the second you hear a gunshot, yeah, you are trained. You all start shooting. Yes, whether or not you know what you're shooting at, yeah, you just start shooting. And what, how they depict it is that the commander of this battalion of of troops in Boston was actually. In front of his men. Yep. Not behind him ordering them to fire. He was in front. Why would a commander order his men to fire when he's in front of them? Exactly. So it's it it's that sort of mentality. You've yeah. got two, three, four cop cars and then more come out of nowhere yeah. when they call for backup. Looking for an excuse. And once they to started to fucking war. Yeah, and once they start shooting, everybody just lets their guns loose. Yeah. It's insane. It is is very much a a, uh, release of tension. Yep. Uh, That's a tense situation. Yeah, and they were never going to win. And I think that's... They didn't put up as much of a fight as maybe they wanted to. No, they They surrendered. Yeah. They literally, like, took the guy's shirt off and waved it out the window. They're like, okay, we're done. Yeah, one of us got shot, so you know what? We're done. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, right after that, they got everybody out of there. The cops ran in there and torched the place. Yeah. What the fuck? They put in a gas tank, lit it on fire, and ran the hell out. And that's why you get a big I want to know what the hell happened there. They just dis- they decided what? to light it on fire. What so happened they did. to those cops? Nothing. Seriously. Nothing happened to those cops. Oh my god. Who who's mm. gonna do anything? I know, and I <laughs> and I know. I'm. This is me. Being outraged about something that happened here, knowing that something, knowing that nothing really happened to these cops, but again, you had so many witnesses who know it happened, saw it happen, right, with their own eyes, 
but, but nothing but, but nothing happened. But in the eyes of the law, quote yeah. unquote, those are the wrong witnesses. Cause who's really to say what would happen? Oh. Because you know, uh, that's a whole. I'm pulling my hair out. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about the acting in this movie because I said it before. I didn't know anything about this yeah. except for a couple people in it. Yeah. So I looked this up. These two are actually both up for Best Supporting Actor. Now, that's an Oscars game that people play where you run them in the category you think they have the best chance of winning. I personally feel like they should have run Lakeith in the Best Actor category. Okay. I think if there's any lead character in this movie, It's it's him. You know, even though the movie's about Fred, he is more of the supporting category you yeah. could have run them both as best actor it yeah. probably would have worked yeah um i thought lakeith was really really good in this movie yeah and i i understand that you know it's it's the game you put him in the category you think they can win but i just thought he he did really good. I, I think <laughs> one of the things i wrote in my notes and I, I wrote a lot of notes about this movie I, the last couple i didn't read hardly write any but what i said was you know at the end of the day He's just a scared kid. Mm-hmm. He got caught up doing some shit that he shouldn't have been doing. And he got pulled into this entire huge uh, cause but for both sides, for the cops and the Panthers. Yep. He doesn't know anything about what's going on on either side. He wasn't He's just invested. trying to survive. Yeah. He's not invested in either side. He got invested, though. He totally did. But... He was able to turn on a dime. The the hardcore Black Panther, I'm in the, I'm the, in this for life, give my life for the cause, for the people. But as soon as he is reminded of why he's there and what he's up against, he turns into a child. Yeah, when they pull the string yeah. and remind them he's on a little yeah. bit of a leash. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, a gr- that's a great point. Yeah. He's on a leash. Yeah, they they pull they pull the lead a little bit, and he comes back to reality, and and he yeah turns into a little puppy. Yeah, which is why I thought he was so good in this. Yeah. Like he's and he has he's given different tasks. So like they give him C four and send him in with a wire and say, okay, try to get him to agree to this yeah. on tape. Right, and he suddenly becomes like really aggressive and pushing the issue and say, we got to do it. We got to do it. And then he just starts like almost like crying in the car. Like he's not ready to handle this kind of a situation. No, he (laughs) doesn't have FBI training. No, He doesn't know how to do any of this stuff. Try to entrap somebody. Come on. No. So they say at the end of the movie that Fred was 21 when he died. So you have to assume this kid was probably 19, 20. Maybe. You know, that being said, those two actors may be a little too old to be playing those characters. I had that But I'm really glad I didn't know that till the end of the movie because that would have bothered me the whole time. (laughs) Um, So I think think Daniel, I I think he also hit it out of the park. Oh my gosh, yes. His, um, the way he was speaking really got me. His accent, whatever that was. I don't know if that's a Chicago accent or anything like that. I I don't know where that's from, but whatever it is, is, is compelling. It's also not British. No. Now they're Brits. Again, again, we're we're full of Brits in this entire year. Just Brits playing, playing Americans. But I didn't hear it once. No. I didn't hear it one time. He was fully, fully in that character. Yeah. And I think he's probably going to be the front runner. He's already winning a lot of awards, which is another reason I'm so disappointed that these two are in the same category because all that happens is you steal votes from each other. Because if you're somebody who preferred one performance over the other, yeah, um, I still think that Daniel Kalu is probably going to win, though. Yeah, I, I think he would deserve it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, it was powerful. Yeah, he's and um, when he's with uh, the girl when Deb. he meets Deborah, uh, he she makes the comment, "I never thought you'd be shy." <laughs> <laughs> like he can right. play. He turns it on turns for it the on. crowd. Yeah. But in reality, he's another just a kid. Yeah. You know, young kid who who's trying to get a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He's also a revolutionary. Right. You know, and a poet. Just normal, <laughs> normal stuff. Um, yeah. The other actor is 
you know, as far as like leads are concerned, Jesse Plemons, the FBI agent. Okay. He is in a ton of this movie. Yeah. And that guy is not a well-known actor. No, but I I have seen him in, in quite a few things as of late. Lately, yes. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing most people probably know him from is Vice, but they might also know him from Spotlight. He's in... Or not... No. No, not Spotlight. The Post. Um, the Post, he's yes. He's in the Post, Thank yeah. you. Um, he's also married to Kirsten Dunst. Really? Yes, that is Kirsten Dunst's <laughs> husband. All right. Fun fact. <laughs> All right. But I just thought he was great in this. I don't know if he was... If I'm just not used to him as an actor because he's usually a very small supporting role and I don't know how he speaks. This is the biggest thing I've seen him in. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if it's because I'm not used to him as an actor or because he was doing a character voice. He reminded me of somebody and I couldn't put my finger on it and it Mm. was bothering me. Um, Yeah, I don't know if you picked up on anybody in particular. It... I don't know. I can't describe it. It, it. He was reminding me of somebody. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, the point is, I thought he was very, very good. <laughs> I, I think I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, now, I was a little... I was kind of going back and forth here, with especially with him and, and his character. His character's unusual. You're trying to figure out if he actually cares about this kid or if he's just pretending to care to get him to more easily do the really horrible things that sometimes he's asking him to do. Uh, what I wrote about him was, you know, he might be, you know, he's a younger guy co- compared to the other two FBI people that we see depicted here. Yep. There's an older dude who's always drinking on the job mm-hmm. that is always in his office. And there's Jay Edgar. Yeah. So he's the youngest of the bunch there. He might, I don't think he's, you know, into the cause or anything like that. You know, he said... That he was one of the the prosecutors of Emmett Till or something like that. He was involved in the Emmett Till thing, not not maybe not no not not Emmett Till. Um, it was the um, he was involved in the people who went down to register voters in the South. Oh, the Mississippi burning thing. Some, yes, yes, he was involved somehow with that. So he um, he's not necessarily completely on one side or the other. He's sympathetic to a lot of the causes out there, but what he sees the black Panthers as is just the opposite side of the coin for the KKK. Yep. Which I don't know if, if his, if his, uh, perspective is warped because he's in the FBI probably is. Uh, but I think in his mind, he is trying to help Bill get out of this and also, you know, advance his own career. Yeah. You're a but he's also man. trying to uh, do this the right way. He's trying to use Bill as a regular FBI informant. He wants to pay him. He wants to be able to help him out because he's not a bad kid. Right. These other fuckers are trying to manipulate these pawns. They don't see him as real people. Yep. They don't see him as you know, regular FBI informants and be treated as such, they're treating them as pawns, which is exactly what they were talking about with that, the uh, the Connecticut situation with mm-hmm. the murder. They're like, isn't this convenient? We'll put it on whoever we want. Exactly. And the other guy was saying, well, this other informant, well, we're just going to be able to use him as, well, they're harboring a known fugitive. Yep. He just we tells just us get, where he went. We just give them... It get, we just give him that distinction of fugitive, and anybody that he is associating with is automatically an accomplice. Yep. Anywhere he what? goes. Guess what? They can arrest all of them. Mm-hmm. Or create an excuse to have a fucking raid and go and murder all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the FBI agent. What, what is his name? Why can't I remember his name? Is it just because he's irrelevant to me and I don't care? Um, anyway, don't the Jesse's character. Um, he's Ted? also... We'll call him Ted. Sounds like Ted. <laughs> Seems like a Ted. Seems like a Ted. Um, he's kind of a yes man. Yeah. So, he's a G-man. Yeah, he's a G-man. He's a, he's an FBI, a career FBI G-man. Yep. And... He is talking to J. Edgar and his other FBI agents, and they say he's done everything. He's 
gone far. He's recorded them and he's he's pushed them and yeah. he's given us information. What more do you want? He's going back to prison. And he yeah. says, that's not far enough. And yeah. he knows what that means. Yeah. And he's kind of not okay with the whole killing him it, it, thing. It, yeah. But he says yes. And he yeah. goes along with it. And he yeah. pushes the kid to make it happen. And the kid does it. And he does it. He does it. And he is scared out of his damn mind while he does it. Yep. But he knows if he does it, he's done. Yeah. He's screwed. He's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. And I think that's the thing that they're depict that they're trying to depict here is that this shit haunts him for the rest of his life absolutely for, a, for another uh about 20 years because yep. yeah the, the thing came out in 1990 for another 20 years this was haunting him he gave one interview it aired and he killed himself yeah because of how it came out he relived it yeah and he wanted to tell the story he did people heard it he was done well and the very end where they show the actual man yeah you know, he says, I'll let this piece come out and... Let history be let, the judge. Yeah, let them be the judge. Ooh. That's, that's a rough Ooh. stuff. Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah, and I knew, obviously, again, watching the Chicago 7, that he had been gunned down. Like, they even showed, like, kind of pictures in that with, like, some just, like, screen, like, really quick shots hmm. of, of photos... And the house and the aftermath, it was like police crime photos yeah. in uh, Trial of Chicago 7. Um, but they elaborated on it here by saying, oh, well, give him this drug. It's not going to kill him. It's just going to make him sleepy. Yeah. yeah. To make sure that, none, that if there are other people who escape, fine. He's not going to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, also... The man, like the pimp or whatever he was, who gave him the little vial. Yeah. That guy was in Get Out. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was. was. He I was, was trying to place him, but yeah, I guess he was his you're totally friend right. who like comes and rescues yeah, him. You're at totally the end. right. I was trying to place him. Thank you. Yes. I know I've seen him before. Yes. Yeah. I, so I don't know if that was an intentional choice or if that was a Daniel Kalua suggestion. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's any real relevance there other than it's kind of weird that that guy showed up. And the only (laughs) other thing I know him from is the only other thing. I've seen him (laughs) in other stuff, but that was his his, uh, most famous role, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, I really want to know what happened with, you know, the hit squad who came in and killed everybody in that house. Oh, you're so optimistic thinking anything happened I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It, it, they I, I lived just... happily ever after, oh. Trent. <laughs> again, again. I get... 99 bullets they unleashed in that house. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Again, I want to know and more. And the victims were on trial for shooting right. one. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover's FBI, everybody. These these movies are just making me want to go read some history books. <laughs> right, and and I, and I hope more people actually do watch these movies, because it it is an education piece of nothing else. It's stuff just to they let don't you know teach in, you in school. Yeah, it, it is the injustices brought about by old racist white people in positions of power, especially uh, uh, especially running justice departments and whatnot. Being in charge of who gets to get prosecuted and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And how. Yeah. And when. And to what extent. Yeah. So on that uplifting uh, level, Betsy, do you have anything else? I'll go over the uh, nominations this film is up for. Uh, we can talk about that. So this one is nominated, obviously, for Best Picture. As I already touched on, both actors are up for actor in a supporting role. Um, you had asked about this at the end of the movie, the song playing over the credits. Uh, it's called Fight For You by Her. Mm. It's up for music written for a motion picture original song, best original screenplay, and achievement in cinematography. So okay. there you go. Cinematography. cinematography you said it was I, dark. Yeah. <laughs> you can't achieve that if you're a terrible cinematographer. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would say I, I would say there those are all merited uh, for the most part. Um, I wanted to mention the music. The music was very unique. I don't think I've ever heard a soundtrack like this. Um, I, I, I remarked at the beginning, like when he was gonna go and steal a car. 
Yeah. Like the music was very kind of creepy. It was very it was like low key jazz. There was and a there lot was of a jazz. Lot of, it was a lot of like low like stand up bass instrumentation throughout the entire movie, and it just made things feel creepy, and uh, it, it was it was a very a monotone soundtrack. There was one moment I I made note of when he is first meeting with the FBI agent and he says, what can we do to help you? And he says, buy me a car, get me a car because he doesn't drive. If you get me a car, I can drive Fred around and get close to him. And the next song, it sounded like a car horn. It was like a, and then it turned into this jazzy number. And I it was just like, fit, wait, what is happening? The music, Immediately, car, yeah. car horn. <laughs> yeah, the music fit perfectly into the scenes. Yeah. I barely noticed that it was there, but I did know I didn't notice it when it was. It was uh, of the time too. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, a lot of it I think was just music from that era. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. When there was actually composed music, it was a lot of like upright bass. It was a lot of creepy strings and mm-hmm. piano. Yeah, it was it was good. It just gave the movie that more that much more sense of unease mm-hmm. uh, for, for everybody because of course everybody in the movie is looking over their shoulder and like cops gonna come come and come and grab me at any there's at, a rat at here. any moment we got a rat in the in the in the organization who's gonna try to bring us down you got to be looking over your shoulder mm-hmm. why would we join up with you you put this propaganda out yeah well, why would we do that yeah. I don't know man I think it's it must be you it wasn't us that was such a stupid moment <laughs> that them them putting that together and putting it out man, how, and we as the audience you, know it was the FBI right. and then you you just think to yourself Jesus Christ how 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 many other times did this happen did the FBI try to sow division? Um, in these groups. How many times does this happen? Right. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out before before we wrap up here. Um, organizations like the Black Panthers of the time, uh, they, they were um, of a hierarchical structure. There is a top, there are lieutenants, and there are uh, lowers. Their military style. Right. The way they dressed and the way they talked to each other and the way they... Behave. Exactly. So there is a leader of each chapter. Now, Chicago being a hotbed for for this uh, this type of uh, type of activity. Guess what the FBI is going after? They're going after the leader. They're not going after anybody else in the rankings. They're going after the leader because, as the saying goes, you cut the head off, the body dies. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, for, for, for a lot of these organizations. Yeah, what's going on with the with with the Panther? My friend died. I'm not a Black Panther anymore. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> now, compare that structure with how things are in the in the quote unquote movement today, in the uh, the Democratic Socialist movement and the Black Lives Matter movements. Who are the leaders of these movements? You're not going to see a leader of this movement on a pedestal somewhere. You're not going to see them going on CNN to do an interview. You're not going to see, you know, a structure like that anymore. No. Because if you do, guess what they're just going to do? It gives them a focus for their attacks. Yeah. It, it Basically, everybody is a leader of their own movement. But it's coalescing around uh, certain ideals. Mm-hmm. I think Fred had a good idea at the end. He was basically saying, you know what, guys? You need to stop worrying about me. Think about the things that we're trying to do. Think about the school we're trying to build. Think about the medical center we're trying to build. Don't try. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Uh, because everything was surrounding him. Now, I, I understand it. He was a larger-than-life character, for mm-hmm. sure. And he made himself out to be that because he wanted to inspire people. You have to if you want people to get on board with the message. Exactly. So what really should have happened was if he wanted his movement to have legs was just teach teach as many people. Like like they were depicting the schools in the beginning. If yeah. you really wanted that to, to take hold, 
have it be a grassroots, long-term, long-tail kind of a thing. Don't have yourself burn out. No. And that's exactly what happened. Dude was assassinated at 21. He could still be doing this stuff today. Yeah. If if he if he didn't have such a target on his back, a lot of guys from Literally. that era have been do- spent the rest of their lives, or are still spending the rest of their lives doing this. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. That I I just had I had that kind of a thought that you know this the the movement had too much uh st- like the the star power of these of these leaders. It became about them. And a, a, a lot of that par- problem was the people who are going after him made him into that. Yeah. You know. They were just, they're, you know, talking about that, yes, he was like the, the A leader, but also when he got out of prison, he was their friend. He was their family. He, he said, oh, I was wondering why it was so quiet around here. Oh, here's the party. Here we yeah. go. And they're all just hugging and chums. They're friends. Yeah. You know, to him. To them, he's just he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just Fred. Yeah, he's just Fred, and we're glad Fred's home. Yeah. Let's get in there and give a big group hug to Fred. Mm-hmm. So it's it, from the inside, it doesn't look like that. But yeah. from the outside, it does. From the outside, you see the giant crowds in the church once he gets mm-hmm. out of prison. Yep. Coming to see him. Not to hear about the movement. They already know about the movement. Yep. They're there to see him. Yep, which is why it's full of cops. (laughs) Right, exactly. I said during the things, of course he thinks that there's cops there. He knows there's cops there uh, because because he knows that, you know what, they're there for him. They're going to try to get him. They're going to try to intimidate him. Uh, One other thing was he said to Deborah. His girlfriend, his lady friend. He said to Deborah that, you know, in prison, I I had to kill a part of myself i had to let a part of myself die uh to be able to survive he didn't know that he had a baby on the way yeah and he said if i would have known i had something to live for i would have not let that happen to me Mm -hmm. but i think he just did not have any kind of he ran out of fucks to give in prison essentially he said you know what I might as well be like killing a part of myself that, that continues to want to live the survival part of my brain. Because once I get out, man, I'm just going to go after it. I'm all about the movement. I'm going to die for the movement for the people because I'm already dead inside. But then he starts to think that, think about it some more Then he, he thinks, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try to run away to Algeria. I'm not going to go to Cuba. No, like, they're going to put me in prison. It's going to be this many years. You guys are going to go do great stuff. Do it without me. You don't need me. Mm-hmm. You already got all the tools that you need. Just let me go to prison. Let me do my thing. I'll come out and I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Same thing that I just did. We're going to do it again in a few years. And they proved they could do it without him when they burned down the the building they, and they put it back up again. They built it back up again. He was like, wait, what happened? Huh? <laughs> I thought it burned down. And they're like, yeah, we rebuilt it. Yeah. And they did it without him. Mm-hmm. They don't need him. Yeah. It, it, it's very much an inspiring story. Yeah. Again, I, it makes me want to go out go out and learn more. Yeah. And be outraged Especially <laughs> about this, just as much. About this individual in particular, because we've now yeah. watched two movies in the same year yeah. that bring him up. And that's not a mistake that at this point in our country's history that people are bringing him up again. Yeah. Very clearly. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that was uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, to end off, hey, guys, we got an email. What? We got an email. We did. Yeah. You know, one of those electronic mails <laughs> that we, we kept begging and begging you to, 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 to we didn't beg. <laughs> we begged a little. <laughs> we begged only, uh, uh. we, we, yeah, we, we negged you a little bit. <laughs> uh, but we got an email about the last movie we saw, about Mank. Mank. Yeah. Mank, to, to, go back, to go back in time. Um, but we received an email from, from a listener. We have listeners, Betsy. <laughs> oh, we, have a, we can confirm we have one. listener. <laughs> we have one listener. From the listener. <laughs> All right. Uh, talking about um, Upton Sinclair, 
uh, one of the guys, one of the characters who was who was a, a kind of a phantom character. He's only shown once as Bill Nye the Science Guy. It's true. Um, but the email reads about Upton Sinclair. Hey, I only knew Sinclair from the jungle, where he exposed unsanitary conditions at meat packing plants. Had no idea that he had anything to do with Hollywood or there will be blood. Uh, that was from Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, but yeah, uh, dude was involved in a lot of th- stuff. Uh, Betsy, I didn't know that about There Will Be Blood either, it's where true. he was he was some kind of, uh, uh, what was, uh, he, was it a short story or novel or something? Yeah, and they drew the inspiration for There Will Be Blood from that. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad our one listener, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we could tell you something new. Yeah, I but didn't know you that. You also taught me something new because I didn't know about meat, pla- meat packing. Yeah. <laughs> and unsanitary or whatever conditions there. We're learning stuff here, guys. This is a community. We'll teach each other. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you would like your email read or your tweet or your uh, carrier pigeon, or even if you don't uh, want to signal, if you don't want to red, but you just want to say hey. Yeah, if you want to just say hey, we're stuck in this basement. There's a cat over there on on the floor. There's another cat somewhere in this house. It's true. Yeah, uh, come say hi to our cats. Email us and and, t- and talk to our cats. If you don't <laughs> want to talk to us. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to if you want to reach out, email address is never seen at pod at gmail.com that is never seen at pod at gmail.com uh, if you want to tweet at us uh the handle on there is uh, never seen it underscore pod and um yeah betsy we got one left one more one more we're gonna see Ooh, what is it gonna be betsy i wonder oh, what could it be what's remaining out of the eight movies spoiler it's minari it's minari shh don't tell we're not gonna talk about that right now but we will talk about it next week. Until next time, this has been Never Seen It. Woohoo! We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.